Well, good morning, everybody. It is uh, great to be back with you. As Pete mentioned, I'm John. Along with my wife, Sue, we have the privilege of like being the founding pastors here and so glad for this community. So glad that you're here today. So glad to be back with you. Uh, God gave me a, a wonderful privilege uh, a year ago of serving at South Metro Vineyard for almost 11 months as the interim lead pastor. And I'm really grateful for my time at South Metro. I learned a lot there. I saw God give hope to a community that was hurting and confused. Uh, I saw him change the lives of people who became part of South Metro and people who had been there for 10 to 30 years. I walked in the door the first Sunday of January last year and this uh, wonderful lady came walking over to me with her cane and said, John, do you remember me? <laughs> and I said what I often say to people, I will as soon as you tell me your name. <laughs> and she said, well, it's Clara. It was Clara Aronson. Clara's now 96. Uh, she's now moved to Iowa to live with her, her daughter. But she, uh, she taught a number of our children in pre-K when, we when we were at South Metro. Because that was the church that sent Sue and I here. God bless Clara, loving Jesus for uh, over 70 years of her life. Uh, I enjoyed reconnecting with old friends like Clara and making many new ones. And I'm very thankful that God has called Justin Law to be their new lead pastor. You can say amen to that. Uh, we, last Sunday we installed and commissioned him in the service and we had so much cheering, spontaneous applause and so on and uh, it became kind of a thing. I said, you know, I love sports and when I go to games, I'm into the game. I'm cheering for every good thing my team is doing and then I'm not cheering for other things <laughs> that they're, I wish they were doing. Uh, but anyway, I said, you can cheer in church. Come on. We're a team, right? And we have read the end of the story. Guess what? We have won. And Jesus, by his spirit, he wins in your life and mine every single day as we give our lives to him. And so it was a wonderful last Sunday. The Holy Spirit was so present. And I really enjoyed seeing Justin get to know and love the South Metro family and to see them welcome and love him back. Now, I know we miss Justin deeply here. And uh, I am so thankful for those who are stepping into new roles of ministry to help River Heights continue to grow. And my two like interim pastor gigs, one at Mercy Vineyard, Minneapolis, and then South Metro, and here, uh, it's just reinforced my conviction. God so loves his church his big C, the whole church of all the varieties, and every local church. He loves South Metro Vineyard. He loves River Heights Vineyard. And of course, that means he loves every one of you and all the kids downstairs, all our friends at Lavinia Inver, uh, all those who are going to be making this church their family in the days, weeks, months, years to come. And I'm glad to be back home worshiping with you, learning with you, serving Jesus with all of you. Uh, I really enjoyed helping purchase the food for a Thanksgiving giveaway again and working with my friends Chris at Cub and Naomi at Aldi. Uh, my sisters say to me often, you're becoming our dad. <laughs> I said, I'm not that old, come on. And they said, no, our, my dad was like a world-class schmoozer. <laughs> he could make friends with anyone 
immediately and kind of win them over. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good thing. If, if that's what you mean, I'm glad. Uh, so uh, I enjoyed meeting and praying for as many people. And I want to say thank you to all of you who gave in so many different ways financially of your time and your energy. Uh, during the Saturday morning, I had a chance to, in this section over here, meet two sisters that I've seen at that event for like over 20 years. And uh, they told me their ages, and so I'm not talking out of school here. One of them was 84, one was 86. And they said, I just want to say thank you again for what you do in this community and how you've blessed our lives for, all of, for over 20 years. And she said, I want you to know, I was like super sick last year. And, uh, and then her older sister, the 86-year-old, said, yes, and I called 911. She told me not to, but I said, no, I'm calling. Uh, she wouldn't have lived if she hadn't called 911. And she's so grateful to be alive. So grateful. You know, when you go through things in life, it can, it, it can stir gratitude in you, right? When you, when you get through the... I mean, the fun things, it's grateful to be... It's fun to be grateful for the fun seasons. Anybody having a fun season right now? It's okay. Even if you're from Minnesota, you can acknowledge, hey, I'm having fun. Uh, anybody going through a difficult season right now? Yeah, we have, we have both, don't we? Sometimes you have them at the same time. There's fun elements and difficult elements. Giving thanks has uh, been so helpful to me in all of the seasons. So we're talking about that now. I am so grateful for Pete's message on the benefits of gratitude, as he shared a few weeks ago, and then John Hodges sharing last week on how we receive all of life as a gift from God. Today, I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit can help you and I both experience and enjoy all the blessings God has for us through all the seasons of life, the fun ones, the difficult ones. And I have found the Holy Spirit. Uh, this week, as I was praying for this message, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, say to me, you know, John, I'm the great door opener, and I am the great door sealer. I don't know that I've ever thought of the Holy Spirit in that way exactly. And so I thought, oh, that's interesting. Can you, like, tell me more? And so I began to think about this and look, looked up sealing in the Bible. And I thought, you know, that's been true in my life. I found... The Holy Spirit's the one who's opened up my heart and helped me see my need for Jesus, right? He's the one who does that. He helps us see, boy, I need help. And then he also showed me that Jesus was the answer to my need. He's the great Savior. How many know Jesus is a great Savior? He's able to save us from anything to great things in the future, okay? So the Holy Spirit is the one who opens our eyes, and leads us to Jesus. And in John 10, Jesus calls himself the door. I'm the door. And people that come, in, come to God through me, they will come in and out, and they will be saved, or they will experience wholeness. The Holy Spirit enables you and I to receive all the blessings God has for us that he gives through Jesus, and he seals us in Christ as well so that we can be sure that we belong to Jesus, we belong to his people, and we belong to his purpose on earth. He wants you to be confident and secure in his, in his love. And so let me just say this. This is like a little preview. We, when I get done, uh, we'll come back up. We'll worship some more. We'll experience communion together. And we'll pray for each other. So if, if right now, in, at this period of this season, you, you're like, it's a little fuzzy. You don't feel super confident or secure in Jesus' love. You can we would love to pray for you. There's no shame at all if you have those feelings. I've had them. 
There are times of great closeness with Jesus, and then there are times where, like, I know he's there, but I just, it doesn't, like, it doesn't feel as close, okay? So, but he wants to be close to you, so we would love to pray for you if that's something you're, you're needing right now. So I found both opening doors and sealing doors are really important. Now, just think of your homes in Minnesota weather. Here we got snow. It was 23 when I woke up today. It's going to get up somewhere like even to 34 or 35 this week. And then it's going to go down again. That's where we are. Uh, so during this period of, of the year in uh, our Marsden home, uh, for many years I had a kind of a little ritual called the sealing of the windows where I would go to a hardware store and buy 3M window kits. And, I, and, when, and those, a lot of companies make them. But double-sided tape around the frame of the window, you cut the, the, the plastic one inch wider on each side, you put it on, you get, a, you get a hair dryer, and you seal that sucker. And you can discover how much wind is coming through your windows into your house when they're closed. We have had a variety of older houses in our life, Sue and I, and sometimes when I put those, the plastic on, it's like, you realize how much wind was coming through. Thankfully, we have newer windows now, and that ritual, I get to do that ritual again, but it's going to be in Chicago at my younger daughter's home next week. Uh, so we, we do that. Why? I did it for two reasons. One, because I wanted our house to be warmer, and two, I wanted to save money on energy. And those of you who know me well know which one of those might have been the slightly higher priority. <laughs> okay. God wants you and I to be safe and secure and feel the warmth of his love. So he opens your heart to experience his blessings, but he also wants to seal them in so that, as it were, they kind of just don't drain out or leak away. So here's a verse that uh, Paul, a couple verses from Ephesians 1. Paul says this, You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And when you believed... You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit not only does the sealing, the Holy Spirit is the seal, marking that we belong to God and to God's people. He is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, that's us, to the praise of his glory. What does that mean? Well, first thing is I want to say is the Holy Spirit is a real deposit, how many of you have ever bought anything where you need to make a deposit and then you paid the balance, like a home or a car and so on? Now, you had to pay that deposit in, like, real money, right? You couldn't bring Monopoly money or any other kind. It'd be real money. We fought, bought our first house, Sue and I, and I, I, did, I somehow missed in closing that it was to be a cashier's check when I came. So I had a personal check for the deposit. And uh, they looked at me and smiled and said, well, we're, uh, I'm sure this is a good check, but you need a cashier's check. I was so embarrassed, and I said, I'll run to the bank and get one. And they said, yes, and, and your wife can just stay with us. I don't know if they were holding Sue's collateral <laughs> that I would come back. But anyway, I went and I got the money as fast as I could and came back, and we did the deal. Uh, the Holy Spirit's a real deposit. When you experience the Holy Spirit, you're experiencing a foretaste of all the good things that are coming. It is a taste. In other words, if you experience physical healing on this side, how many of you have ever experienced healing as someone has prayed for you of any kind? Many of us have. That is real right now, but it's also a pointer to the new heaven and new earth where there's no sickness at all. 
where we experience our full healing. Now, <clears throat> because I know that the Holy Spirit can bring the kingdom at any time, when, my, when one of my friends, myself, or my friends, family are sick, my default, my continual response is always, I want to pray for you to get better. Okay? And I also know the full healing is on the other side. But I just want to say to some of you who are suffering like chronic things, things that just have not seemed to get better. In fact, sometimes the more you pray, it just seems like you're sliding in a different direction than you want. Our full healing's on the other side. Now, I thank God for every bit of healing right now that we can have, and we'll pray for healing today for you. But the full healing is still on the other side, my friends. And the Holy Spirit is a real deposit, meaning we can have these things right now, but he's also a guarantee that all of the rest of it is safe and secure, and we will experience it as we trust him. All right, it's an amazing passage. <coughs> so we have a tension, and we live in that tension, and we will live in that tension until the new heaven and the new earth. I want to encourage you, don't collapse the tension. Don't try to say we have everything right now, because we don't. And don't try to say we have nothing right now, because that's not true either. We have the real Holy Spirit right now, but the full inheritance is coming. Now, how does the Holy Spirit accomplish his, this work in our life, and what do we, part do we play? Is there something that can help you and I receive all the blessings God has for us, and there's there something you and I can do that, that will seal those blessings in? I think there is. And surprise, I think choosing to give thanks as a way of life is one of the primary ways we receive what God has for us, and it's sealed in. The Holy Spirit loves to empower us to give thanks. This is Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit or let the Holy Spirit fill you. Can I just say, this is something that God wants to do every day of your life. And the, literally the language is, let the Holy Spirit fill you. He's the one who does the filling. He's the active one. You are the receiver. But we choose to let him do that. Again, I think having a thankful heart is part of letting him in. Now, all right, I'll say a few, little more in a second. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. We just did that. We will do that when I'm done again. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. I think the for everything here means all the things that God is doing, everything you see him doing. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so what does it feel like for you when you do something really nice and kind for someone and they say thank you? Does that feel good? If, if they don't say thank you, well, you're still glad you did it right, but it's, it's a little less satisfying. What about when you say thank you to somebody who's done something really nice and kind for you? Don't you feel better about that? Don't you notice they feel better? There's something about thankfulness that kind of closes the circle, as it were. Could giving thanks be that powerful thing that seals God's blessing into our lives? Studies on gratitude or thankfulness say maybe it can. Psychology professors Michael McCullough from University of Miami, Robert Emmons from University of California, Davis, they've done a lot of research on gratitude and written books on it. In one study, they instructed people, keep a journal listing five things for which they, they felt grateful like a friend's generosity, something they'd learned, a sunset they enjoyed, 
And the gratitude journal, if it was my journal, it would be when one of my teams actually won a game. Uh, the gratitude journal was brief. Just one sentence for each of these five things and done once a week. But after two months, the, there were significant effects. Compared with the control group, the people that kept the gratitude journal were more optimistic, they felt happier, they had fewer physical problems, spent more time working out. I don't know, maybe a gratitude journal might even help me do that, I don't know. Uh, further benefits were done in the study of polio survivors and people with neuromuscular problems. The ones who kept a gratitude journal reported feeling happier and more optimistic than those in a control group. And these reports were corroborated by observations from their spouses as if they wouldn't tell you the truth. They had to verify. Okay. Uh, people felt, fell asleep more quickly, slept longer, woke up more refreshed. So if you want to sleep more soundly, count blessings, not sheep, Dr. Emmons says in his book titled Thanks. What seems to be happening when we give thanks? Professor McCullough says when you're stopping and counting your blessings, you are hijacking your emotional system. And he means hijacking it from a negative place to a good place, a very good place. Grateful people feel more alert, alive, interested, and enthusiastic, more connected to others. All right, so learning to give thanks consistently has really helped me find more and more freedom from worry and anxiety, from resentment and anger. I've discovered that saying thank you to God and to other people has opened up my heart to a closer relationship with God and other people. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 is one of the first passages in the Bible that God used to speak to me about this. <coughs> I was living in Philadelphia at the time as a single guy, kind of sad, missing all of my family back in Minnesota, and I read this one day. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, do you notice all the alls here? Rejoice always. Pray continually or all the time. Give thanks in all circumstances. Let me just say here, prepositions are important in the Bible. It's give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. Why, why, would, it, why, why would he not say that? Hey, there are evil circumstances in this world. There are things that are wrong in this world that need to be made right. I'm not thankful for them. I'm thankful as I go through them. Okay? Give thanks in all circumstances. So I read that, and I'm shocked. I'm dumbfounded, and I'm skeptical. And I remember saying to God, you've got to be kidding. Life is hard. Bad things happen to people. Hey, bad things have happened to me. <laughs> Can't I complain a little bit? How about we try four days of thankfulness and three days of complaining? And then work our way to five and two, maybe six and one. I don't think I'll ever get to seven and zero. Come on. Can we make a deal? I was really good at complaining. I had practiced a lot, and I'd gotten better. In fact, if there was a blue ribbon for complaining at the state fair, I'm pretty sure I'd have been a finalist. <laughs> okay. So I felt like God said this to me in my thoughts, not, uh, not verbally, but just as clear. Sure, John, you can grumble and complain all you want. You can worry and be anxious. You can be angry and defensive, bitter and resentful. You can do it all you want. 
all the time if you want to. And you can also see how many friends you'll have and how much you'll enjoy your life if you do that. But you could try a different way. I think it's a better way. And see how your life does then. So I wasn't really enjoying my life. And I thought, well, maybe God does have a better way. And I really wanted a new life. I wanted to become more like Jesus. And as I read about Jesus in the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, I noticed that Jesus rejoiced. Jesus prayed. Jesus gave thanks regularly. That was his, like, posture in life. That's how he leaned. That's how he went through stuff. In fact, Hebrews says that Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame. Why? For the joy that was set ahead of him. He could see the joy. What was the joy of the joy? It was you being rescued. You being rescued. You getting a new life. Jesus saw life differently, and I thought, oh, I would like to see life the way you do, Jesus. Could you change me? So I began to give thanks on a regular basis. It has so helped me. Eight years ago, we turned the lead role of this church, Sue and I, over to Beat Benedict, and we've had so many wonderful things that have happened in these eight years. We have a Lavinia service, two services meeting in the original auditorium. We have this space now and two services here. We have friends at Cahill Place. And all of you that were here then have been part of that. All of you that are here now get to benefit from that. I'm so grateful for that time. During that time, Sue and I went on sabbatical. And we, we went to a vineyard conference in, in Columbus, Ohio, 2015. And Sue got super sick, so sick that she had to have emergency surgery at Ohio State University Hospital. And they found, we found out later she could have so easily died. She didn't, and we are so grateful. But it was hard. And I remember going to those meetings, and a really good friend of mine from Mexico had asked me, how are you doing, John? And then i tell him how Sue was doing. And he said, I'm, I'm really concerned about Sue, but I'm asking you right now, how are you doing? I said, I have no idea. I, have no, I was just out of my mind. And I remember asking God, how am I doing? And I felt like God gave me language to express it. And I use this a lot, and I'll just encourage you. It's simple. I was mad. I said, I'm mad. I wasn't mad at God. I wasn't mad at Sue, of course. I was mad at Satan and the work he's done in this world to damage this world, to damage people's minds, bodies, relationships. He's evil to the core. He's a bully. We must fight the good fight of faith against him. Some of you, some of you, you go through hard things and your temptation is to be mad at God. I want to encourage you, could you resist that? God is not doing the bad things to you. Jesus didn't go around making people sick. He went around healing them. When we go to the new heaven and new earth, there's not going to be any sickness. Those are clues to you and I to what God is like. He's a healer. He's a rescuer. He cares for us. But we have an enemy that is thoroughly evil. And you must fight. We must fight together. We must fight ourselves the good fight of faith in those times. So I was mad. And I was sad. We had so many plans that got pushed to the side because Sue got sick. And, you know, it's affected our lives, you know, it continues to affect us. We, we both are relatively healthy. We care for each other. But we're different. And uh, the older I get, I'm 74 now, the, the, more, the more my friends have difficulties and challenges as their bodies and our bodies begin to, like, wear out. There's, 
there's probably never less than two or three things, two or three things that I wish were like way better uh, <laughs> than they are. But I, so I was sa- I'm sad. But I was so glad for God's presence in our lives and the hope that we have in Christ. I was glad that our family, our kids and grandkids were with us. I was glad for this church that prayed for us. I was glad that people around the world were praying for Sue at that moment. So friends, you go through hard things. You can be mad, but just direct your madness in the right direction, okay? You can be sad, but you can also be glad. And being glad will help you go through that. Because guess what? You're going to go through it anyway. I've gone through hard things by whining and complaining and grumbling and being a pain in the butt. And I've gone through things being thankful. Being thankful is better. It's better for everybody. There's a story in the Gospel of Luke that I want to read here and make some comments as I read it. It's been a special story. It's taught me a lot about giving thanks. Luke 17 says this. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, what's he going to do in Jerusalem? He's going to give his life for us, to rescue us, to reconnect us to God. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance. Why did they stand at a distance? Well, because leprosy was medically incurable at that time, and they had to stand back and yell out, unclean, unclean. How would you like going through life that way? Maybe you felt like that's the way you've lived at a distance from others, never quite getting in the party, always seeing the party, wishing, I wish I could be in the party, but you're not in the party. I lived a lot of my life that way. If you've lived that way, I want to encourage you. Jesus wants you in the party. He's, he's throwing a party, and he wants you part of it. And if you have felt like, I'm just not ever really, I don't really belong anywhere, we want to pray for you today because... Friends, there can be all kinds of reasons for that. I lived that way, and part of it was literally an evil spirit messed with me, and I lived under a sense of rejection for much of my life. No matter how well I did, I always felt like crappy because it wasn't enough. It was never enough. So if you've struggled with acceptance, feeling accepted, accepting yourself, we would love to pray for you today because the Holy Spirit wants to break that off, and he wants to seal you. So that when the blessings come, you can experience them and enjoy them, and they can like stay in your life. I felt like when I lived under rejection a lot, the blessings would come, but it was like there was this Teflon shield around me. They just didn't get in. They'd bounce off. They'd bounce off. They'd bounce off. And the presence of God was strong, and everybody else was feeling it, and I felt like I was like the, again, again, I'm on the outside. Everybody else is getting the good stuff, and I'm... I needed freedom. I needed the Holy Spirit to both alert, and I needed good friends to pray for me. And they broke the power of this thing. And I have been able to receive the love of, my, of God and my family and my friends in ways that I never had been before. If that's ringing any kind of chord with you, we would so love to pray for you because you don't have to leave today that way. So they were standing at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They had no other place to go. So they went to Jesus. And he looked at them and he said, what might seem like strange words to you, go show yourselves to the priests. What? You don't want them with you, Jesus? No, 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 no. 
The priests were the medical examiners. The priests were the ones that were going to verify they were clean. They could be in the synagogue. They could have people over for dinner. And I'm just not just a little over. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so Jesus says, go show yourselves to them. And guess what? As they went, they were cleansed. That's important. They responded to Jesus' words. And as they literally took steps of faith, they were healed. Friends, so often, this is the way it works. God calls you to do something, and it's as you do it, you get the power to do it. When God called Sue and I to plant, to plant this church, you know, with great faith, I said, I've never done that before. Sue's never done that before. Our kids have never done that before. We can't do this. Great faith. And Jesus said, I've done this a lot. All you need to do is hang with me, follow me, do what I say. And that's what we tried to do. It was in the, it was in the going that we began to see Jesus work. Same is true for you. What is God stirring in your heart that he's wanting you to do? Think about it. Maybe just ask him right now, Lord, what is my next step with you? As you take that step, I think you will begin to see change. They did. Now, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus. And he's shouting, praise God. Notice he did three things. One, he came back to Jesus and shouted, praise God. He recognized God did something for him. And then he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. This is worship posture. I'm going to kiss the feet. Surrendering posture. And he thanked him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. He was an outsider. And Jesus asked him then, uh, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus isn't talking smack about this foreigner. He's just saying, Jesus came for the outsiders. So if you felt like, man, I still feel a little bit like an outsider, Jesus came for you. And he wants to pull you right in to his heart and with his people. And then he says to this man, stand up and go. Now, the friends, this is actually resurrection language. Like, rise to a new life. Resurrection life. Your faith has healed you or made you whole. All right, so what, what do we notice here? I think several things. One... Jesus is able and willing to do good and great things for anyone and everyone who comes to him. How many men cried out for mercy? Ten. How many men got mercy and healing? All ten. There's enough to go around. God doesn't have to take the mercy to, from, from the person next to you to give it to you. He's got enough to give it to both of you. And then giving thanks for the good things that God has done and doing seems to open the door for us to experience even more of the blessing of God. One man came back and thanked Jesus, and he was blessed even more. When we give thanks, I think we open our hearts more. I think the Holy Spirit fills us more. I think he then seals those blessings. I think three, giving thanks seems to draw us closer to God. The one who came back... Like he shouted praise to God and he fell at Jesus' feet and he received so much more. 
I have a few tips for you to put this into practice, but I'd like the worship folks to come back up, if they could. We're going to continue to worship. We'll share communion, and, and then I'd love to have the prayer people on the prayer teams, if you could come as well on the sides, uh, because we want to pray for each other. Um, again, there, there, there are like pathways by which we can receive God's grace. Uh, like the older reformers called them the means of grace, it's the paths. And one of those is receiving prayer from other people, okay? And like God has given each one of you gifts. And if I'm going to get the benefit of the gifts that you have, I need to like open my life to you and let you speak good words and pray for me for me to get that grace. Are you following me here? If I just close that off and say, I'm just only going to Jesus. Well, good for you. It is good to go to Jesus, but you know, Jesus has invested himself in us. Jesus has invested himself in these people here. They've been trained. They're good and kind people. And as you let God's people pray for you and bless you, you can receive grace. So here are the tips. Uh, one, you could read 1 Thessalonians 5 and Luke 17. Meditate on those passages. You could pray. You could talk. I would encourage you to talk to God about everything in your life, the big things, the small things, the fun things, the difficult things. Especially cry out to him for his mercy, for his, your own healing and the healing of your friends. And then that's something you could do. I encourage you to notice what God is doing in your life and thank him. Maybe even start a gratitude journal. So as we were worshiping and praying, I had a few Thoughts for healing, I'm just going to share. Uh, someone or some ones have got like pain around your collarbone area. Love to pray for you. Someone's got rotator cuff problems. It's either hard for you to raise your arm all the way or, or there's a kind of a sense of it's kind of feels a little frozen and painful. Some of you have got digestive challenges. Uh, some of them, uh, you're having them like right now. And some of you, you have them on a like really regular basis. And some of you have nerve pain. Uh, I know what that is because I have that now. You can either have a burning sensation or a tingling sensation or a numbness, whatever. Uh, and we would love to pray that, that God would bring healing to you. And we pray for healing for anything else or any other need you have. So if, you, if you're able to stand, uh, we'd love to have you stand right now. We're going to uh, sing a little bit. Uh, and I'm just going to pray a prayer and then invite you to come and receive all what God has for you. Lord, we thank you that you love us incredibly. We thank you that you accept us fully in Christ, that Jesus has taken away all of our sins. We thank you, Jesus, that you want us close to you and to your people and to your purpose. Uh, I'm just going to pray now. If you've struggled with rejection, self-rejection, feeling rejected by others, feeling like not in the party, Lord, we just bring that to you. And we thank you that you love us and you don't want that controlling our lives. And so in the name of Jesus, we just break the power of rejection in Jesus' name. And we ask, Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of acceptance. You're the spirit who makes us, who seals us. Would you work now in all of our lives, wherever we need you? Pour out your love on us, Lord.